0: wellness revolution starts now.
1: Welcome to the program today. I'm Dr. Steve Hoetze. You know, I believe that you and everyone needs to have a provider and a staff of professionals who can coach you on a path of health and wellness naturally. So as you mature, you have energy, you got vitality, you got enthusiasm for life. It's a pleasure today to introduce to you our new provider here at the OC Health and Wellness Center, Jason Gorlis. He's got a very interesting background as a medic in the Army and working uh, in Korea with the Army and then at Walter Reed Hospital, and then uh, he worked for the Te- Texas National Guard. He's been in practice for how many years now? Uh, over 26 years now. As a uh, physician's assistant, and he joined us several months ago and I'm just pleased to have him here because he has a very interesting background that uh, resonates with me and we're going to talk about that in just a minute Jason tell us about yourself where you from where you grew up how you got interested in medicine um, and uh, then take us to take us through your history and how you ended up here at the center okay so I grew up in Ohio
0: I joined the military when I was 19 to get money for college and to serve my country uh, ended up going uh, into the army as a medic went to Korea as dr. Hootsie said I uh, ended up at Walter Reed and then uh, through a variety of different circumstances I decided that medicine was really how I wanted to spend my life I as a child I was very much a science nerd I also uh, watched a lot of detective shows like Magnum PI and Simon and Simon and things like that. And so, and read uh, Alfred Hitchcock and the Three Investigators. So I was very interested in investigating things and I thought I would go into the FBI or the CIA. Thank God I didn't do that. (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, science and uh, medicine actually uh, scratched that itch that I had and so being a medical provider Is really much like being a detective to trying to figure out what's going on with your your patient and so that was the route that I took the military helped me to get to that place Um, after I got out of the military I ended up in a variety of different circumstances I did family medicine emergency medicine for I did neurotology which is a balance and hearing specialty and then the Vast majority of my career I was actually in surgical critical care at a level one trauma center in San Antonio so I took care of the, the sickest of the sick in that 22 county area the problem with that is if one it's very high stress and there was other family issues that I was going through at the time that heightened my own medical problems which seems to be a way that a lot of folks end up in this Natural approaches to to health, holistic or integrative type medicine. So being trained in emergency medicine and critical care, I was trained to think that I had the worst thing, which was going to be cancer. And so I knew that the conventional medical paradigm didn't have the answers that I needed, that cancer was essentially a death sentence. So crazily enough, I started researching alternative therapies to cancer. And I realized that there were so many different things that I had not been taught in conventional med my conventional medical training about nutrition and herbs and lifestyle modification, and so with just a few changes uh, of diet and my lifestyle, the abdominal pain that I had went away. The re- the intractable reflux that I was taking two and three different medicines for went away, and I was hooked at that point. I realized that I loved the physiology that I saw in the ICU, punctuated by adrenaline-filled codes and things like that. Um, But the other thing that I noticed was that I was taking care of people at the end stages of disease. Mm. These were the the sickest of the sick. And I realized that I wanted to be involved in their care prior to them getting to that point. And so uh, that wasn't going to happen there. and I started re and through that I started researching you know um, different types of medicine like functional medicine and integrative medicine. I said that's what I want to do. And, and so
1: you've gone on and done additional studies. and have been certified in a functional medicine and American correct. Academy of Anti Aging Medicine. That's correct. So uh, which is 180 degrees different than. Uh, what you'd be, what you'd learned in conventional medicine. Now, it's interesting. We have very similar paths. <clears throat> when I got out of medical school, did I did a year inter, internship in surgery, and then went into emergency medicine mm. for five years, before I ultimately set up my own general medical practice. And that goes back. Graduated in '76, so that took me into '81 when I set up my own general practice after being in emergency medicine for five years, and then. Um, by 89, that's when um, my father hit his illness, and that's what, it was my father's illness that really opened up the door for me to enter into natural approaches to health, and that's how I ended up. So we find that many, many physicians that end up in natural approaches to health, whether you call it holistic medicine, integrated for functional medicine, I call it natural approaches to health or natural medicine, uh, most of those individuals that end up in this field had health problems themselves or had family members who had health problems and they tried conventional means that never solved the problem and so they began to search and they found other alternative methods that they never learned about in medical school or in training and they adopted those and they worked they said my gosh i can think of hundreds of patients that have the same problem and i'm going to start treating them and you do treating them naturally and they get well and you're and you go like, why would I ever go back to pharmaceutical medicine? It took me, uh, Jason, about ten years to flush my brain out from '89 <laughs> till '99 to completely flush out the pharmaceutical industry out of my brain because mm. it's so embedded. Although I didn't do pharmaceuticals, it it, it wasn't until I probably took me ten years till I just had a complete rejection of conventional medicine and the treatments that they use. That's not to say there's never an instance where you might not use a pharmaceutical drug, but in our practice here at the Hotsi Health and Wellness Center, it's as rare as hen teeth mm-hmm. that we do that. So we take natu- we use natural approaches to health. Now the one thing uh, about uh, Jason Gorlis that really interested me was his background in studying about oral healthcare this was really very fascinating to me because I, over the years i've heard lectures on the dangers of root canals and of course i knew about the dangers of putting mercury or, or amalgam fillings in the mouth and oral hygiene i knew that was a that was but from the several lectures at, at medical conferences <coughs> that i had attended not conventional medical conferences but other medical conferences i learned about Hal Huggins and and Blanche Gruby, Dr. Gruby, and these, these very innovative dentists that had challenged the conventional thinking of dentistry, saying that the most important thing to have good health was to have healthy teeth, healthy gums, not have root canals, not have mercury amalgams. So why don't you tell us a little about your background, because once you... Uh, when you came and I found out about this, I had just interviewed Dr. Blanche Gruby mm-hmm. on the a, on a, on a podcast here. this has to be a couple of months ago, and it was fascinating. and she's written a book, chew but don't Swallow, chew this, but don't Swallow. And uh, she talked on the radio program about uh, primarily about the dangers of root canals and then about uh, mercury amalgams uh, towards the end of the program. So those are two things that I'm concerned that many of our guests, and we call our patients guests here, have problems that go unrecognized by conventional doctors, and even us here, because that's not our focus. Our focus here at the OC Health Wellness Center, we have an A-point treatment regimen, treatment of airborne and food allergies, treatment of yeast, natural thyroid hormone replacement, natural sex hormone replacement, treatment of adrenal fatigue, vitamin and mineral supplementation, And a nutritionally balanced uh, eating and exercise program to help people get to an ideal body weight but on top of that over the years we go to these conferences and i'd hear a lecture and i said well we got to tell people about these root canals and here at the practice myself my wife several of our key members of our leadership team have visited biological dentists and had all our amalgams removed since 20 years ago got rid of the uh root canals and all that so why don't you give us a little background on that because I think that has been a missing element in some of our guests who don't seem to get well on our program when others do mm-hmm. there's could easily be that the underlying cause of their problem has to do with poor oral hygiene right so uh, early on I as in studying natural health I was
0: looking at a book it's called the maker's diet and in the maker's diet He mentioned a cookbook that is way much more than a cookbook. It's called Nourishing Traditions, and that's put out by a society called the Weston A. Price Foundation. The Weston A. Price Foundation uh, advances the tenets of Weston A. Price, who was a dentist that uh, studied in the 20s and 30s, went around the world, actually took about 10 years studying traditional cultures, ancestral cultures, and how what they ate affected their dentition. And so when he found, what he found was that uh, the folks that stuck with their traditional diets, they had wide, broad faces with perfect teeth, and they were not struck with any of the diseases of modernity that we are experiencing today. But when their children strayed from that diet, and from even just a half a generation to a generation, their faces were small and narrow. Their teeth were crowded. They had all kinds of dental disease like caries and gingivitis and things like that. And um, their general health deteriorated. deteriorated as well. Yes, it did. And so as a result of that, they would experience the, the need for cavities to be filled. They would have root canals being done. And what in, in the society that he came from, that was a commonplace occurrence. And what they found is that as they the dentition worsened and these interventions became prevalent then the the general systemic health of the people worsened as well and so he did some studies where he took uh, root canal teeth and stuck them under the skin of
1: rabbits he would and, take out the root canal tooth and he they'd take it out and then do what they would place it under the skin of the
0: rabbit of these rabbits that they were Researching and, and invariably those rabbits would develop the diseases that those people manifested and they would die uh, The toxic load was too much for the rabbits and so uh, and He that was repeated over and over again. And so he eventually said, you know, the way to good systemic health is through good oral health and the foundational uh, piece of that is good nutrition. And we know, and so that was really became my, one of my passions. And so my wife and I became chapter leaders, of the Weston a price foundation in San Antonio. We gave, uh, monthly lectures on good nutrition, ancestral health, good, uh, oral hygiene and the effects on systemic
1: health. So, uh, let's just talk about this for a minute because, uh, talk about root canals and the dangers of root canals. Recently, in our in our uh, newsletter that came out for the Thanksgiving, I wrote an article about the dangers of root canals. And didn't, in the upcoming issue, we're going to have uh, uh, we're going to discuss the dangers of mercury amalgam. So let's t- talk about these one at a time. Explain to everybody why a dentist, and usually it's an endodontist, they specialize mm-hmm. in this. I don't know if every, does every dentist do root canals? or uh, They know how to do them, right. but they, they, they typically punt to an endodontist. Right. So uh, it's a, you know, there are probably millions of root canals done every mm-hmm. year in the United States. And it's a very, uh, it's a moneymaker it for, the, for the endodontist. endodontist. So when Weston Price came out with his information, which was ultimately adopted by Hal Huggins, Mm -hmm. and uh, Dr. Hal Huggins, who was a dentist out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, once they began to expose the dangers of root canals, there was a tremendous backlash from the endodontists. Mm -hmm. Now, why would there be a backlash? Well, because they were taking away their bread and butter. That's right. Mm -hmm. And um, so, Tell us what Dr. Price and Dr. Huggins said was wrong with doing root canals. What would it cause? Well, so dentistry is
0: the only aspect of medicine that actually leaves dead things in the body. So when you do a root canal, you're drilling out the root, you're drilling out the vascular supply, and which is, you know, a lot of people don't think of teeth as living tissue, but they are living tissue. And so and there's miles and miles of what are called dentin tubules in each tooth. And in those dentin tubules, bacteria reside. And so the, the bacteria love it because they're what are called anaerobic bacteria or facultative anaerobes that live in an oxygen poor, they thrive in an oxygen poor environment. But their metabolic byproducts are things that are really dangerous to the human body. Uh, they incite a whole new level of, inflammation that uh, has been associated with cancer, autoimmunity, cardiovascular disease, you name it. If if there's inflammation involved in it, then they're going to have uh, a part in it. The other thing to consider is some of their metabolic byproducts are direct mitochondrial toxicants, So or I guess I should say toxins because they're coming from a living organism. They're direct mitochondrial toxins, and mitochondria are the powerhouses of the cells. So, and not only that, but they regulate our immune system. They're where our body has those cytochrome, cytochrome enzymes that break down uh, toxins in, in our bodies, and hormones are made in your mitochondria. So if, if you think about the far-reaching implications of damage to the mitochondria from these bacteria that are living in these dead teeth, then um, it's no wonder that we're as sick as we are.
1: Today. Right, and the toxins, of course, every time they, you bite down these toxins are spread. Right. The bacteria are spread into the circulation as are the toxins. And uh, oftentimes this is what leads to the underlying coronary artery disease which is caused by inflammation in the arteries. It's not caused by cholesterol, it's caused by inflammation. Cholesterol is simply the patch, the band-aid that the body uses trying to patch up the inflammation caused by the bacteria or the bacterial toxins. So uh, and it's interesting, as, as I've thought about um, cardiovascular disease associated with periodontal disease or with root canals or with mercury amalgams, the underlying cause of coronary artery disease is inflammation. So if we have this inflammation, uh, you're going to end up trying to heal it up and you end up putting cholesterol plaques to heal up the artery wall. And then those, those plaques end up absorbing calcium to provide some rigidity to the walls. Mm-hmm. And this is the body's way of keeping the, the, uh, arteries from tearing apart and breaking down is to stabilize them with the, uh, what, with what we call atherosclerosis or hardening of the arteries. That's a protective mechanism by the body. Now it can be dangerous when you get narrowing of your arteries, you can throw a, a plaque in there and get a heart attack. So, we do here at the Hoetze Health and Wellness Center, we do CT scans of the heart to determine how much calcification the arteries have. Uh, and we, we do anybody, 40 and above, we get a CT scan of the heart to look at the, uh, at the level of atherosclerosis or heart in the arteries. And I've thought this, and you know we see some people, in their 50s and 60s, just no, they got no, it's zero. I'm, I'm 72. I've got no calcification in my arteries, which is rare for somebody my age is probably less than 10% of the people in my age group would would be have clear arteries. Um, but we have other people that are younger, you know, they have it in the, you know, 500s to 1000 range, or 1100 or 1200. 1, and I've thought about, just recently that and we've started to do this is ask those individuals that have positive heart scans showing that they have atherosclerosis. Have you had a root canal Mm -hmm. done? Do you have mercury amalgams? Because, and then we're going to do a study between the people that have no atherosclerosis and those people that have atherosclerosis and what's the difference in the, their dental hygiene, number of root canals, you know, do the people without um, any coronary artery disease, do they have root canals or not? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a root canal. I had one for about eight months, you know, 20 years ago. I let some dentists talk me into it, and then I heard a lecture, and I said, I just got to get get rid of this. And I'd already gotten rid of my mercury amalgams. So do they? Have, we want to find out the people that have the atherosclerosis, do they have uh, problems with... Root canals and mercury malcolms If that's the case, then we're gonna we're gonna do a study here at our center and try to analyze between people with and without atherosclerosis, and see how much is related to the oral hygiene, which we believe is highly correlated. And this has been shown in other studies that Hal Huggins and other uh, dentists that are in biological dentists do. So. Uh, uh, if that's the case, we and I'm recommending now, and we're recommending that if you have a, have had a root canal, and you've got some kind of systemic problems, whether it's heart disease, whether it's dementia, whether it's kidney disorder, whether you've got uh, problems with the liver, you got bowel problems, you got joint and muscle aches and pains, you got, you got arthritis, could it be, or, or are you prone to disease, any kind of disease? Could it be? that the root canal is the underlying cause of your problem. So we're recommending that our guests see a biological dentist. Explain a biological dentist for us, doc.
0: So like there are healthcare providers that take a view of your health through a functional integrative complementary lens, Mm -hmm. uh, a biological dentist is a dentist that does that in the dental realm. They uh, have done extra training. There's a variety of different organizations: IOMT, IBM, DMT, that are uh, organizations that train and certify doctors in what are called. It's called biological dentistry, or safe or smart uh, amalgam removal. So they have looked at everything from heavy metal detoxification, um, different ways to address these issues. Uh, in, a, in a way that's going to be the most advantageous for your health, and so and it's kind of sad that these conventional dentists are taking out mercury amalgams, drilling out the mercury, giving a load of mercury to their patients and a load of mercury to, to themselves. themselves. You know, and it's it's really a travesty. To and, and it, I'm just it I, I, it's hard for me to believe that a whole organization can think that you take a mercury amalgam before you put it in somebody's mouth, or you take it out of somebody's mouth and you have to treat it with the utmost care as a biohazard, but then when you put it in somebody's no, mouth, it becomes magically it. becomes right. okay. Um, it's just, it's well, sort we, of ludicrous. You know,
1: it, it is. Mercury is highly toxic. And it is incredible that the FDA and the American Dental Association allow mercury to be put in someone's mouth. You know there are all kinds of warnings about mercury in fish, mm-hmm. which contain a modicum amount of mercury compared to mercury fillings in your mouth. And these mercury fillings, of course, can cause a host of health problems, neurological problems, cognitive problems, inflammation. Uh, it can cause a host of health problems. And yet the ADA says, well, they've really never been proven to cause problems. But if you had that same amount, I've been told that if you have one filling and you threw it in a pond, a lake, a pond that's an acre, you got fish in it, you couldn't eat the fish mm-hmm. because of the mercury. Right. But you can put it in your mouth, and every time you every time you chew, you have mercury filling. It outgasses, and you get you breathe in that mercury gets in your body, mm-hmm. and that can cause a host of health problems. So we recommend. As a matter of fact, I had a dentist that argued with me about this, and uh, when he talked to me, his hands. Mm-hmm quivered like this because he had uh, s- some kind of senile tremor mm-hmm. in his hands and what was that from that was from all the mercury, mercury right? he'd been putting in i'm sure that's what caused this problem it goes like mercury doesn't cause anything. it's <laughs> not a problem <laughs> it? Right. Why, are, why are your hands oh no, they don't know what
0: causes this
1: right <laughs> <laughs> so um anyway i wanted you to i want wanted each one of you to understand that Having uh, Jason Gorlis here on our staff really brings this whole concept of oral health into our medical center, into our practice, which is going to help us better be able to get you onto a path of health and wellness naturally. And if you contact us, we can give you the name of biological dentist that we have used, that we have vetted, that will help you get your uh, oral and dental health up, by the way, Uh, if you know anything about farming, you know when farmers go to buy animals, particularly cows or particularly horses, the first thing they look at, or one of the key things they look at, is they look in their mouth. They look at their oral hygiene. And if it's it's unhealthy, they don't buy it because they know the animal's going to be unhealthy. That's where the old expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, Well, that's kind of an insult. You're saying, I want to see if your horse is healthy before, you're going to give me your horse, but let me check and see if it's healthy. So you don't look at gift horse in the mouth because he may have bad teeth, you know? And so you don't want to say, I don't want your horse, thank you, but no thank you. Don't look at gift horse in the mouth, accept it, thank him for it. But when you go to buy a horse, you be sure to check their teeth. And you go to buy a nice steer or cow, you make sure to check their teeth. And that's what the farmers do. And that's the same way in humans that we need to have good oral hygiene, and we want to encourage that. Um, so, and and Jason brings that expertise into our practice to keep us on track so we don't go like, yeah, let's get all excited about keeping people's oral hygiene up, and then all of a sudden we drops off the radar screen, mm-hmm. which is done over the years, but it's not going to now. So I want you to be encouraged about that, and wanna encourage you to make sure you get your oral hygiene and square, squared away. Get rid of the mercury amalgams. Get rid. You literally pull out your uh, your your teeth that had root canals, and your dentist will say, "Oh, they uh, sterilize those." Mm. Well, they they don't. They're, they've been proven, and there you can send you you can send off and do tests on this, and and you can find out that indeed all these root canal teeth that are dead. Are filled with anaerobic bacteria that cause a host of health problems. So uh, that's 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 something I wanted to focus on in this first interview with Jason. You want to add anything else on top on top of this? We're going to come back in a in another interview and talk about some other treatment modalities that you bring to the practice. I think the other thing I would encourage
0: people is that fluoride is not a is not your friend and so uh, I've not used fluoridated toothpaste for probably 20 years and I have not a cavity so I think it's a fallacy to think that uh, fluoride protects you from cavities it's really your diet that's the the biggest driver of cavities and and poor oral hygiene and so using brushing your teeth twice daily using uh, natural dental floss and maybe even doing some oil pulling Is probably a better way to go about it and you know fluoride has been also known to be a neurotoxin it causes calcification of the pineal gland and we see and pineal gland is the gland that in your body that makes melatonin your sleep hormone which we also know is profoundly beneficial for things other than sleep it's a it's a antioxidant that's at least five times more powerful than vitamin C and we use it in cancer patients and things like that and and so um, We don't want your pineal gland to become calcified. We don't want you to ingest these neurotoxins uh, that uh, haven't really been proven. And on
1: top of that, on fluoride, and I wrote about it in my book, Hypothyroidism, Health and Happiness. Fluoride Mm -hmm. is a halogen. It competes with iodine. Your, Your thyroid hormone contains either four iodine atoms, and here's the hormone, here's the thyroid hormone, it has four iodine atoms, that's called T4, or it has three, that's the active. T4 is the inactive, T3 is the active thyroid hormone, it has iodine atoms. Iodine's a halogen, so is fluoride, so is chlorine. If you remember your periodic table back in high school, there was a column, and the column was a column of halogens. It had chlorine, it had fluoride, and it had, had um, uh, iodine, and several others. Uh, in that, in fluoride competes with iodine at the at the thyroid gland level, but inside the cells, it also it also adversely affects the ability of the deiodinase enzyme. You have an enzyme inside your cell that converts the inactive T4 to T3. That's the active thyroid hormone, and it poisons the deiodinase. Deiodinase means removal of iodine. And it poisons that enzyme, so people aren't able to, use, to make enough active thyroid hormone T3 to have a good metabolic rate. Their blood levels may be fine. When you look at the blood, the T4 level, which is inactive, may be totally fine. But you have to have T3 inside your cells, and you have to have diiodinase enzyme functioning properly to be able to convert the T4 inactive to the T3 active thyroid hormone. And we've got, they put fluoride in the water. Now, what's very interesting about this, back in the 1960s, late 50s and 60s, there was great controversy across the United States about adding fluoride to the water. And I can remember watching on TV city council members back when I was a little kid, you know, 9, 10, 11, and watching the, on Saturday watching these city council meetings where people were, you know, demanding that they don't put fluoride into the water. And there was a big controversy about it. Well, about 70% of the municipalities in the United States add fluoride to the water. And it's said the reason they were going to do it is because the chemical companies said, well, it will help protect against dental cavities. There's a place in the country where it has high levels of fluoride in the groundwater and the people have less cavities. So we need to put fluoride in the water. Well, fluoride is a toxin. If you go to the material safety, material... Safety data sheet of the U.S. government, and look up fluoride. You'll see it's a neurotoxin, it's a carcinogen, it's a dangerous uh, chemical. And if you go and take your toothpaste out, look at look at your toothpaste on the label of your toothpaste on the box or on the or on the on the uh, on the toothpaste tube. There's a box there that says warning. If more than ingested than you put on your toothbrush, call poison control or go to the emergency room immediately. Now, why would you brush your teeth with something that if you swallowed it, you'd have to go to the emergency room and call poison control? Because it has fluoride in it. So you need to use a, de- uh, a, a non-fluoridated toothpaste. And there's several of them on the market. We sell Spry here, but I'm sure at any one of the stores you can find a non-fluoridated toothpaste, but that's what we recommend doing. And we also recommend that you filter your water don't drink the fluorine in Houston's water here and in most and ma- all the major municipalities in the country, they've got fluoride and they brag about it. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, I use reverse osmosis in my sink. And so we don't have fluoride in the water, but that fluoride, and, and here's what happens. It poisons the thyroid hormone that is the active thyroid hormone. It, it poisons the enzyme that converts T4 to T3, the active thyroid hormone. So your metabolism goes down. Well, this. What does this lead to? Well, since 1960, when 15% of the population in the United States was overweight, half the people were obese. 7% of the population was obese. Currently in America, 70% of the population is overweight. Half those people, 35% of the total number of Americans, are obese. Now, that's a huge number. Now, you compare that to Europe. Europe is 15% overweight, 7% obese they don't permit fluoride in the water in Europe. And you go to Europe and you, know, you go to France and they give you not just a basket of bread, they give you you know carts of bread, drink wine, you go to, go to Italy and they got pasta and pizzas and all that. And you look at the people and they're thin and trim, you go like, I remember I went, uh, we were in the airport in Paris traveling to Rome and I remember walking around and going, man, these people are so thin, mm. they're healthy. Well, that's because they don't put fluoride in the water. So anyway, I'm glad you brought that up. So you want to make sure that you don't have fluoride because you don't want to poison pa- your thyroid gland. So uh, tell, tell me uh, on our program, our eight point treatment program we have here, um, tell us about your your background. You've read about this, studied it. Tell us about your impressions now that you're with us here at the Ho Health and Wellness Center what differences do you see than you saw in other practices? Uh, What's I, different about, what have you noticed that's different, not just with the treatment, but the way we treat our guests? Well, the, I have to say that this is the finest
0: organization that I've ever seen. Actually, it
1: works like a well
0: oiled machine. And uh, even compared to the military, it's, uh, the people are professional. There's a level of professionalism, a level of service that I, that's rare to find in any industry. And, and the guests are the beneficiaries of that. And so uh, the eight point treatment plan gives you sort of a, a template on which to uh, a foundational way to treat folks. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't treat you as an individual because everybody's a little bit different. And to try to put a round peg into a square hole doesn't help anybody. but. It's helpful to look at treatment through that rubric so that you don't miss things, and and so and it really looks at gut health and it looks at the uh, inflammation through the treatment of allergies. Uh, um, I believe that illness really comes from two things. It's and everybody has some degree of those two things, and that's toxicity and deficiency. And so sometimes toxicity is. Uh, yeast overgrowth and sometimes deficiency is a problem with minerals or it could be a problem with um, inadequate thyroid production or sex hormone production and so we listen to you we use take your history and that's really backing up listening to folks is really the the crux of a good medical care because it's when you listen to people they'll tell you the story their story is full of those clues that I was looking for when I was a detective. Right. Trying to be a detective. And so finding those clues, those clues in physical exam, and then we use laboratory testing in a way that's a little bit more refined than your typical doctor. There's all kinds of clues that you can pick up in high levels of enzymes or lower levels of enzymes as far as nutrient deficiencies. And so giving the body what it needs, in order to have an adequate and appropriate metabolism and to be able to utilize the enzymes that it was designed with to function appropriately. Those are all factors and tenants that you'll experience here that you may not experience someplace else.
1: Well, we're pleased to have, um, Dr. Gorlas here. Jason Gorlis is our physician's assistant, and he sees patients under, under the, uh, Um, authority and direction of myself and Dr. Ellsworth, but he is capable, and I put him up against any doctor, any (laughs) conventional doctor in the country. He'd be miles ahead of him because he studied this and learned natural approaches to health. And so I'm pleased to have and honored really to have him on staff. He's a great addition. Not only does he understand our 8 point treatment regimen, which is treatment of airborne and food allergies and treatment of yeast and treatment of natural thyroid hormone supplementation and balancing out your sex hormones and treating for adrenal fatigue and vitamin and mineral supplementation and, and a nutritionally balanced eating and exercise program, but, but now we're adding to it good Uh, dental hygiene. And I think we ought to make it a nine-point treatment regimen (laughs) so that we remember that, that that, that's what we want to do. We want you to be healthy and well. We also have anti-aging. We do anti-aging and we also here at the practice do aesthetics. So not only do we want you to feel well, we want you to look well and uh, and have a good facial appearance and be youthful and rejuvenated and uh, just so you'll have a much more enjoyable life. Well thanks so much for joining us today and thank each one of you for joining us. Uh, If you'd like to have a consultation with uh, Jason Gorlis, then please uh, contact us here at the office at the number on the screen, which is 281-698-8698. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Thank you. At Physicians Preference Pharmacy, we understand that the quality of your compounded medications directly affects the way you feel which is why we believe that your pharmacy should specialize in compounding medications while also delivering extraordinary hospitality and guest service. We believe that both patients and prescribers should accept nothing less than consistency and quality from their compounding pharmacy. This is why we've implemented some of the strictest quality standards in compounding exceeding standard requirements achieving PCAB accreditation which is the Pharmacy Compounding Accreditation Board, an organization that sets the highest standards in compounding pharmacy regarding the safety, cleanliness, and quality of your compounded prescriptions. Because of our commitment to complete health and wellness, we are dedicated to making your medications free of lactose, parabens, artificial sweeteners, and any unnecessary dyes, binders, or fillers present in many other medications, offering you the cleanest products possible.